This is the Endurance Church Podcast with Pastor Anthony Bass. At Endurance Church, our goal is to live well and finish strong by becoming faithful disciples of Christ. We do this through loving, disciplined, Bible-based teaching, encouragement, and care. For more information about our ministry, head to endurancechurch.org. And now, today's message. So, I don't know if you all saw the movie or not, but that was a big spoiler. It didn't We think about... We think about life and we think about what the point is. And truthfully, it's about maturity in this life for us as believers. There's a lot of things we can say, what is the point of life? But as a believer, it's, it's dynamic. It's, it's a, a hundredfold. There are a lot of things that we can say, that is the point of life. But as believers in Christ, we are headed in a very specific direction. We are being groomed to grow, to look like Jesus. And as I look at the scriptures myself, there's something I see in the scripture that's different than what I've heard in most churches throughout my life. Now, I'm like you. When I was a little boy, I, I loved going to church when I was really small. And I used to sleep in the, um, the balcony as the preacher would preach. And I'd sleep until he started shouting. That was the church I went to, right? So when he started shouting, I'd be like, uh-oh. Now let's in the rest of And I'd get up and I'd watch that part. Because everybody felt good. And then they go home feeling good. And they get in the parking lot and somebody cut them off. <laughs> and then out of their mouth would come curses and blessings, as the Bible said, right? And my mind was like, wait a minute. Like, 
That should not be. What, what happened? Like we were just shouting. And now you cussing. And I said, that can't be it. There has to be transformation. Amen. The Bible calls that fruit. And that's what we look for, fruit of God's Spirit. Now, the interesting thing about the Bible scripture we're going into today, Philippians, is it's an amazing book. We, we love the book of Philippians, do we not? That's funny. <laughs> the book of Philippians, the, the city of Philippi, was named after a king. Uh, the king's name was what? Philip. And Philip was the father of who? The most famous general in all the world, Alexander. So Alexander the Great. And in this city, they actually found something tantamount to, I don't know if you remember, an Egypt king, Tut's tomb. They found a tomb in Philippi full of gold. And it was the, the father's gold. So this was the second biggest archaeological find ever. This, this city was a city for old, retired soldiers. It was the first a Greek, Macedonian city and turned into a Roman area. More Romans eventually came into the area. That, there were still Greeks there, but they, they, Roman dominance changed the system of government. And a lot of former Roman soldiers ended up moving into the area. So the area was very patriarchal. They were, they were like patriots. And there were a lot of retired patriots that lived in that area of Rome. And so Paul is in this area trying to start a church. Now, what's interesting, when Paul gets into this area, he looks for a synagogue, which is simply an assembly of people. But the problem is when he gets there, he can't find enough men for there to be a synagogue. Does anybody know how many men you had to have in order to start a synagogue? See in the third Ruthie, since you said it's 13, right? <laughs> I don't care what anybody said. Ruthie said 13, it's 13. So so you have to have X amount of men for there, and, and he didn't find that there in this area. But what you find there, he finds a woman who's a tanner. Her name is what? Lydia. And this woman is somebody who eventually Paul connects with and they start a house church. Because house churches were needed whenever they couldn't get in the synagogues. So when Paul was there and was preaching, he, he eventually got in trouble because you know when Paul was preaching the gospel, he was having a negative effect on the economy because they couldn't sell their idols. So the people who were selling their idols got mad at Paul and it messed up the commerce. So they, they started attacking him. And eventually there was this big, you know, fracas and people were getting upset and Paul eventually gets beat and he gets thrown into jail in this area. And while he's in jail, he's singing and worshiping in jail. Now, today was a little bit frustrating. Today, I'll be honest, this morning, I was this, from the time I woke up until this moment right now, I've been a little frustrated. I had a long week. You know what happens to get frustrated? And as I was thinking about this scripture, I'm thinking, would I be shouting? <laughs> And worshiping God when I'm in jail. Paul got beaten, thrown in jail, and he is singing and worshiping God. Saints of God. Endurance church. Pastor got a lot of a lot of growth. I got to grow. We all have to grow. 
But the good thing about the book of Philippians, it shows us what growth looks like. That's the entire point of the book. A lot of people go to Philippians because there's two, two verses we love more than any other verse in the Bible. <laughs> Everybody knows to give me one verse. I can do all things through Christ. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And we know a little bit that we're not going to make fun of the scriptures. The point is that we go to Philippians because we think it's a book that is going to make us feel good. Make us feel like shouting. And it does do that. But if you go to the last chapter, there are two ladies who are having a fight. That's what this entire book is about. Two ladies in the church that are having a disagreement. And Paul writes this letter to help these women who are the leaders of this house church to get back in line. Because it was an issue of their heart. So what the whole book of Philippians is about is about simply maturity and what that looks like. Now, if you go to chapter 2, there's this great, most scholars call it a poem, and it talks about Christ when he emptied himself of his divine privileges and power and took on the form of a servant. Somebody's babies in here. Took on the form of a servant. And what it's what trying to highlight is Christ, he, he was in heaven and descended eventually to the cross and then eventually he ascended back into heaven and that should be the story arc of our life <laughs> amen alright I heard you she told me to hurry and she, she did it secretly so nevertheless that is the story arc of our life so for us we have to understand he has um, while he's here in Philippi He's in jail. We don't know if he's in jail in Caesarea or if he's in jail in Rome. But nevertheless, Paul's in jail. And he's writing this letter back to this church, encouraging them, trying to help these ladies kind of get over their issues. And he shows examples of a man who brought the letter to Paul. His name was what? Anybody know his name? He got sick. Epaphroditus. And Epaphroditus was nigh unto death, as King James said. He's about to die. But thankfully, the Lord spared his life. But this guy's life, his, his willingness to give his life for the gospel is another example he shows. Paul himself is in jail writing a letter of encouragement to these people. There's another example of what it looks like to be mature. And all we talked about earlier, he highlights Jesus Christ. And that is ultimate maturity. Next slide, please. Uh, I got a quote by this African pastor who was part of the Orange Revolution, I believe, in Russia or Ukraine. Ukraine. And this is the quote I would like. It says, your life was meant to be used to fulfill your purpose and destiny. Next slide, please. This is a, a prayer most people think Paul has given to the church. He says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you all with joy. He's not in any way upset. He's not rebuking because he does that other times at the very offset of a couple of his epistles. But here he's thankful because why? They sent Epaphroditus to them with money while Paul's in jail. 
Paul is in jail. This is a church that doesn't have a lot of money. And they send this man to Paul with money to take care of him while he's in jail. And no other church has even done this. This church is a blessed church, a great church, a loving church. And we know that not because of what they say, but because of what they do. And he goes on to say four in verse five. I see it in, in verse, oh man, that's not the only one right there. It says, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. And this word fellowship is koinonia. And the word picture is probably like, have any, anybody ever seen a, a Siamese, Siamese twins or people who are conjoined or connected? Back in the day when that would happen, there was no way of separating. Now today, we, can, we have the technology to do that. And so what he's saying is, for your connection. Now, biblical fellowship is intimate almost as a marriage. That's how intimate you're supposed to be with your brother and sister in Christ. And why is he making, alluding to this? Because he knows he's getting to the end of the book of Philippians, right? He goes on today, be confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. This scripture is my favorite scripture to remind myself of when I'm messing up. When things get rough, when I was ordained as a pastor, this is what the pastor prayed over me. And I took confidence because I knew it's not going to be me who's going to make myself mature or grow. It's going to be God. He's the one who's going to complete the work. Just keep moving forward. Next slide, please. Just as it's right for me to think this of you all, what, that you're going to be made mature? That Christ will be completed? Because I have you in my heart. And as much as both in my chains, why? Because it's in jail. And in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. You are all partakers with me of this grace. Now, once again, he's in chains. He's preaching the gospel. He's having to defend it. People are watching his life. See, he's going to mess up, blow up. People are instigating. People are trying to watch him fall. And he's going through all these horrible experiences. And he's still saying, this is God's grace that's keeping me. How many of you all feel like you can't do any more for God? It's done. God, I ain't got no more in the tank. I want easy. I'm below here. I'm done. At that point, God's grace kicks in. For God is my witness how greatly I long for you all with affection of Jesus Christ. Next slide, please. And this I pray. That your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment. Why is he saying this? Because they are not, these two ladies who are bringing a faction, bringing a vision in the church, are at odds and is starting to disrupt the church. And he's right now caveating that. He's praying they have more love. Because when someone is unwilling to be in fellowship, there's only one problem. There's a lack of love. 99.9% .9 of problems in churches, a lack of love. 99, 100% of the problems <laughs> in marriages is a lack of love. 
Because when you have love, love what believes all things, hopes all things, bears all things. Love never fails. That you may still bear more and more in knowledge and all discernment, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness. We talk about fruits of the Spirit. Which are by Jesus Christ and to the glory and praise of God. Next slide. Please. Be quick today. First point. God is the one who will equip us and enable us to fulfill our purpose. We cannot do this without love. It's impossible. The grace I pray God gives you this morning is before you respond out of frustration, out of anger, before you let thoughts of division come in your mind. When you say, I've given up, I'm so frustrated, i got to withdraw. Whatever you've got to do in your mind to get through, my hope for you today is that God gives you a new construct. My hope for you today is that you learn how to lean on God in love in order to get through to the other side. Because that's what's got to happen. Because as you get older and mature in your marriage, for those of you who've been married for years, you know you need love. Younger people are really idealistic. I do like couples counseling before they get married, right? And I'm like, they're talking, oh yes, yeah, we're just going to love is all we need. Well, what happens if, uh, what happens if, if in your house they didn't eat pizza on Fridays and in his house they only eat pizza on Fridays? Well, obviously, she's going to compromise. <laughs> right? Because we going to do it the way I did it, right? No. A hundred years later, well, we say ten years later, whatever you want, babe. <laughs> Just whatever you want. I'll, I'll, I'll do it, right? It's love. But you have expectations. But what happens when you come to that point where you're like, we're at an impasse. And I ain't changing. And I've, I've thrown the line in the sand. It's there. And it ain't moving. What happens when you get right there? That's when love is needed. Can I get an amen? Amen. See, that means if you were, they were, everybody was with me on that, just trying to say it. Next slide, please. So we can have hope that God will accomplish his glorious will through our lives. Do not be frustrated. Now, preach it to myself when things don't go your way. Because what God, this is a sermon for me. Because all God is doing is changing your character to Jesus Christ. That's why you go through the stuff you're going through. I know you do great on your job. And things don't go the way you want. People give you a hard time. You're like, why me? Don't go to Indeed.com all the time. Stop shopping your resume every time things don't go the way you want. I know I'm talking to somebody up in here this morning. Because what will happen is you'll keep on trying to find a new place to go. And what you'll find out eventually is that the same thing is going to happen there because it ain't the job that God's trying to change. It's you. That's good. Oh. Next slide, please. So you got to trust God 
when things aren't the way you dreamed about when you were a little kid. Oh, when I was a little kid, I was dreaming about getting married. I was married now. Sliver of reference. But now that I'm married, they ain't the way I thought they would be. My expectations are lining up with reality. My expectations are here, reality's here, and I'm offended. <laughs> and I need love. Because God is going to change me. He's coming again quickly. I see you all coming every week to this church. And honestly, I'm amazed that you keep coming back. Because I don't try to preach the stuff that just makes you feel good because I want you to know the truth. I personally know there's a living God. And this is not fake. I've been to places, I'm telling you, all over the world, there's people faking Christianity. They're faking it. But this process of transformation is as real as you needing to brush your teeth before you kiss your boo. Floss, please. Floss. God is real. He's worth it. He's worth every sacrifice. And you may not willingly sacrifice, but your sacrifice might be, I'm not going to leave my job. I'm not going to leave my spouse. I'm not going to leave this relationship. I'm going to push through this and allow God to use this to make me better. That's what he's doing to us all. You just got to hang in there. We're all in it. If, if we can actually put all our cards on the table, we'll see probably everybody in here is cutting aces. Everybody. That's another small reference there. Everybody has the same cards. We're all going through the exact same thing. I see you struggling. I struggle. I see your frustration. I'm frustrated. give up trying to grow up in Christ. That's the goal. Always say, if you leave this church, praise God, follow Jesus, just make sure you know Him, that you love Him, that you realize the point of church isn't just big numbers, it's you looking like Jesus. Because one day you're going to stand in front of Jesus and you will have heard from a pastor that it's your obligation and responsibility to know Jesus Christ for yourself. It's your responsibility to get on your knees and pray. Pray for your family. They need it. God hears your prayers. It's your obligation to open your Bible and read it. It's your obligation to serve. It's yours. You have gifts and talents. Don't bury them. Next slide. It's God's job to get you through the finish line. And that's the part I love. We're just like sailboats, y'all. That's all we are. Best analogy I could ever do. All we are are sailboats. Now, I haven't been on a sailboat, so this may be a crude analogy. Maybe a little weak. Stop laughing, man. I'm just trying to say. My name is Bass. I'm not a good fisherman, so life is full of irony, right? We're just sailboats. And if there's no wind, we'll just sit there. We ain't got no oars. See, I know oars. 
After NAS, I don't know which one. Is that, is that middle? NAS? NAS, yeah, I'm going too far right now. But we're just sitting there. And the wind is God's spirit. And when he blows, you have to have the sail up. You got to be prepared. You got to be in position. That's all God, I believe, saying today. Just, just hang in there. Spread your wings. Open your sail. Let him blow into your destiny. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this church. Thank you for these people. Thank you for the love you're showing us, Father God. I realize, Lord God, that you love us. To put us in situations, Lord God, that we have to grow. That's, that's not you making us suffer or torture us, Father God. That's you raising us up, Lord. So help us look differently when we go through these trials and tribulations. Help us have your perspective, your mind, Father God, not our own. And help us, Father God, love the unlovable just like you did for us. Help us embrace what is not able to be embraced, Lord God, because you did that for us. And help us stand, Father God, but we have nothing to stand upon, Lord. Trust that you'll put something under our feet. Help us walk by faith, not based upon what we see. In Jesus' name, amen. This has been a presentation of Endurance Church. For more about the ministry, head to endurancechurch.org. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash endurancechurch and like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash endurancechurch.tv. Remember to live well and finish strong. Oh,